0: Hello, this is Harrison Kim, and you're listening to Working With People by PaveStep. The Working With People podcast is for executives, managers, and people leaders. We bring people experts together to provide you with relevant content on how to think about and manage your most important asset, your talent. We have McKendree here with us today. How are you?
1: I am doing well. I'm excited to be here.
0: Absolutely. Where are you calling in from?
1: Uh, I am in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. It's about three hours west of Denver, small mountain town. We've already had our winter snow come. Uh, so yeah, just embracing winter, moved on beyond fall. <laughs>
0: awesome. Awesome. Um, and the, today's podcast is actually a pretty special one. This is a, a follow-on content from our webinar that we did uh, f- uh, just a few weeks ago, our yeah. People Ops Bootcamp on developing better managers. And today we're going to be talking about Feedback culture: How to help people give two times better feedback.
1: Yeah. Before we get
0: there, though, tell us a little bit more about you and what you do.
1: Yeah, so I'm the director of performance and development for our facilitation team uh, at Life Labs Learning, uh, and we are a training development company. We specialize in trainings for managers and executives and teams. Uh, and really, one of the coolest parts about Life Labs is both we get to teach and then we get to practice what we preach. Um, so I think it's Uh, It's a double-edged sword of every time I tell a leader, like, you should really give feedback. I have to pause and be like, have I given feedback recently? (laughs) Um, So yeah, so that's what Life Labs does. And then I help the direction and strategy of our facilitation team.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And I know your firm walks the talk, so I'm really excited to have you here. And I love your energy. So this is pretty exciting personally for me. So let's start with what is feedback culture in your mind, right? And why is it important?
1: Yeah so when i think about feedback culture uh, i think about the norms the values and the systems that support people's ability to engage in helpful feedback development type of conversations um so i think oftentimes feedback is just like this noun it's just this thing you know of yeah feedback is this thing that occasionally my manager gives to me or you know sometimes i give to a customer service representative that i didn't like right but really when you think about feedback culture i think about what are all of the different systems and things that are impacting somebody's ability to share authentically and honestly things that are working. And then the things that could be better, whether that's with a manager or a peer or a team member. Um, so that's, those are some of the things that come top of mind when I think about culture and then to the question around like why it's important to me, it's, it's imperative. I think, I think about this from a couple layers, you know, there's The business impact of it right if we want Mm -hmm. people to be performing well we want business to be successful they got to know what they're doing well so i think about it from that perspective but perhaps even more importantly i think about it from the the development perspective of just creating the opportunity for people to understand how they're showing up and to understand that the things they're doing each day are working they matter they have an impact or, hey, here's a 10% improvement. That's actually going to make a really big difference for someone. Um, so I think it's it's culture building, it's development, but it also impacts the business in a really helpful way.
0: Yeah, perfect, perfect. So uh, one of the things that I know you teach and, and, and you talk about in your everyday is making sure that the feedback that you're sharing is meaningful or like high quality, if you will, mm-hmm. right? What does a high quality feedback look like? And, and, and of course, again, why is that important?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so pretty simple from my perspective of what high quality feedback looks like. It's, it's data driven, it's specific, it's action oriented, and it also names the impact. Um, so, you know, for example, if after this podcast, I'm like, Hey, you did great. Keep it up. You're like, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, it might make you feel good for a moment, but when you sit down to like script out the next podcast, you don't actually have much to work from on that. So, For me, a really high quality piece of feedback is going to name what's the behavior that I'm actually doing. Do you want to see more of it? Would you like to see less of it? And then what impact is it having from your perspective? Um, so I think that's, that's a huge component of it, but I also like to think about the, I was going to say ecosystem, but really it's more like the relationship around that feedback, I think really Mm. impacts whether it's quality or not. Um, so we know from research that trusting relationships have a huge impact on how we receive feedback, uh, impacts if we're going to pull for feedback from somebody. And so I also try to think about what's the context. Am I catching somebody in a busy day and like, hey, real quick, here's three things that you could be getting better at? Chances are, even though if you're really specific and data driven, that's not going to be a really high quality piece of feedback, as yeah. opposed to like actually starting with like, hey, Do you have 10 minutes to chat or when would be a good time to connect? Um, We call that a micro yes at Life Labs, And it's one of my go-to skills for just like set the right context and then deliver the feedback in a really effective way, making sure, yeah, data and behavior action oriented from there.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And I I love the fact that you brought up micro yes, um, because obviously, you know, regardless of the content itself, right? The delivery is important. The context is important. The relationship is important. Um, I think, you know, asking for that micro yes is really, really powerful.
1: Yeah. And I think too, when you think about, um, the micro yes ensures people want to hear it and then the action oriented, we often refer to it as like blurry feedback gets given a lot. So Mm. blur words, words that are vague, they're hard to understand. Um, and often like that type of feedback can either be inefficient at worst, it can also be really biased. And that's like where we see bias creep in, into the feedback process. And so quality, it's going to lead not only just to people being receptive of it, but making sure it's actually fair and accurate feedback.
0: Yeah. And the, the thing around the behavior-based feedback I've heard uh, and I've seen the research around when you tell people, hey, great job, you're really smart or you're really awesome, um, that can actually backfire because the next time somebody actually fails to do the, the thing that they thought they could, they, they actually question themselves, hey, am I like, no longer smart? Am I no longer good at this job? Um, yeah. So sticking with behavior is really important.
1: Yeah. And it taps into all of the, the Carol Dweck research around the right. learning mindset, the growth mindset. And we want, we want team members that have that growth mindset as much as we can, can help them develop that.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned pull for feedback. What does that mean?
1: Yeah. So I think about the difference here between push and pull feedback uh so push feedback is hey harrison i got some feedback for you so somebody is pushing that onto you as opposed to pull feedback which is a fancy way of saying ask for feedback um so when i kind of going back to your first question around you know what does a really healthy feedback culture look like some of the signposts for me that i would pay attention to is are people not only comfortable receiving feedback but are they comfortable asking for it um because mm. for me that then speaks to there's a norm of everyone should be developing, and we're not, you know, just waiting for a performance review to find out if we're like being successful or not. It's this constant conversation. It's this frequent interaction that shares exactly what's working, and again, the things that could be getting better.
0: Yep, yeah, perfect. That makes a lot of sense. So you talked about a little bit about like Life Labs and the system, right? And, and what have you seen work? And what do you do it from a Life Labs perspective um, that create that feedback culture? Right, mm-hmm. and to encourage employees to feed like share feedback in a meaningful way. Of course, you're doing you're, you're walking the talk and kind of doing your own training internally too. Of course, uh, yeah. but what are some of the other things that you've seen work?
1: Yeah, totally. And, um, you know, I think it starts in a, a couple of different ways. I think one is is you bake it in from day one. So, day one, somebody's going through onboarding, they should hear about like not only do we value feedback here, but here's the systems, here's the processes for how we give feedback. Right. Are you pulling for feedback after each and every onboarding session? So I think you normalize it from the get-go that this is something that happens. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a key part is normalizing it. But people, a lot of organizations we've worked with will tell me like, yeah, we love feedback. We love feedback. And then you talk to individual contributors and they like, I never get feedback. And so <laughs> in addition to norming it, you have to role model it. And so I think about um, this something I see happen at Life Labs, but with some of the other organizations we've worked with, they're really... You see their leaders not only asking for feedback, but in an all hands, for example, they are coming on and saying, Hey, here's something we changed based on the feedback that we received. And so they're not only modeling, giving that feedback, but they're showing how they've iterated as a result of receiving it. Um, so I think modeling is a huge component of it. And then just having the right tools, um, you know, there's a variety of different tools and resources you can use, uh, yep. shameless plug for PaveStep, We use it. We love it. I, I literally <laughs> got four pieces of feedback this morning in it. And like, every time it shows up in my inbox, it makes me happy. Um, because it's just this easy, simple tool to be able to consistently share that feedback with folks. So I can get out of a conversation. I'm like, I just want to tell them one thing I really appreciate it. And I can send a quick note to them. So, um, I'll share an example, just so I think it highlights this really well. I I worked with a, a team of executives at one point and the CEO came to me and said, um, Hey, we need to do feedback training for the entire organization. And I'm like, okay, you know, tell me more. And he's like, well, um, we just a bunch of exit interviews and people gave a bunch of feedback on their way out that they weren't sharing when they were here. So clearly people don't know how to give feedback. I was like, clearly there might also be some other things (laughs) here. And so it it was such a great example for me of like, of course, like people need to be equipped with the skills. So another thing that works is give people common vocab, give them common language. And at the same time, right, what are the other structures? Are there modeling Um, if people have given feedback because it got asked and it was received really poorly? they're probably not going to give feedback again. Um, Also thinking about all the systems that interact. So good tools, language and modeling, norming. I think those are some of the key things I've seen make the biggest difference.
0: Yeah, and I love the fact that you brought up role modeling and language, especially Um, role modeling. I know everybody says role modeling is so important in change management and change in behaviors. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's real, like it's so, so real that it's hard for me to even comprehend when we look at our, our own data. Right. Yeah. Um. The the the, the difference of uh, an organization that has a leader who actually walks the talk and visibly shows it and actually champions it versus someone who's disengaged, the adoption and the behavior change just it's a significant difference. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, the common language thing is also something that a lot of people don't think about. Right. Making mm. you know, I always draw this uh, kind of you know parallel where, where you know hopefully you're able to understand what I'm saying because I'm speaking English and you understand English, right? Mm -hmm. And there's explicit rules around what English, the words mean, what the sentence structures look like and what the tones convey even, right? It's the same thing with feedback and other things like that, right? You need to have kind of those rules or uh, rules of engagement, if you you will, or the norms, right? So that you can avoid miscommunication.
1: Yeah. No, one of the tools we, we leverage at life labs is, is our own, uh, we call it the playing card method. And it's the idea that mm. there's four different suits and each suit represents a different type of feedback, um, with the spades and diamonds being the ones that you actually want to deliver. Uh, a lot of participants in our workshop will say like the pointy ones. And you're like, exactly like <laughs> pointy specific positive piece of feedback would be a diamond Right. And then a really specific spade would be like, Hey, here's the thing that we need to work on. But I can't tell you how much easier it is as, as a leader, as a manager, to be able to approach a team member and say, Hey, I've got a couple of diamonds I want to share with you. And I got a spade I want to share versus like, hello, I'd like to give you some feedback, you know? And people are like, Oh no, like what's about to happen. And I think that language is huge. one other thing I'll just mention: um, this was a really fun learning for us at Life Labs. Um, so we, you know, we teach this stuff, we talk about it, yeah. And we have plenty of room to get better at this. And one thing we did last year is we actually did a feedback task force, and so we had a task force of people hmm. that gathered for, I believe, an entire quarter to really evaluate what our feedback culture was and where it could get better. And where it ended up landing is we gave feedback a name, and specifically hard feedback to give uh, at Life Labs. now called like a lobster piece of feedback um and the the story here is lobsters they have this really hard shell and it hurts to grow and it's painful but it's really good at the end um and so i've even had people put on my you know on my calendar like a calendar invite that says like lobster feedback right and i'm like cool i know what type of conversation i'm about to walk into and it might be a little messy but that vocab gives us access to that conversation. We might not have otherwise.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I was actually going to ask what lobster was. So that's perfect.
1: Yeah. <laughs> People um, are like lobster <laughs> feedback and like, don't worry, you'll understand. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so if you think about challenges, right. Especially related to remote and hy- hybrid organizations, right. Before we used to have those organic moments where, you know, maybe you and a hot, hi- you and I would be you know, coming out of a client meeting, having that informal chat about, hey, you want to just grab just quick two minutes and and let's chat about how that went, right? In the remote work environment, I feel like there are some troubles with that, right? Um, anything you've seen, uh, you know, from your own experience within Life Labs or with your clients as well? Any challenges you've seen that you want to highlight?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you just named one of the biggest ones is we just have less, call it like exposure to people's daily work. Like I I might see people's work output, but I don't often see, you know, what was the process they took to get that work output? I don't see the way they're approaching it. I don't necessarily see a lot of the conversations they're having. So I think just like basic exposure and visibility into people getting their work done. Um, I think that's, that's a huge barrier. A couple of the other ones is similar to kind of how you mentioned is a lot of times remote teams will share with me that it feels really, and I've felt this before too, like putting time on somebody's calendar to give feedback feels super formal versus Mm, mm. like, Hey, we got two minutes while we're heading over to grab coffee. Can I just like, Hey, this fell off for me. Can we talk about it? Versus like, do you mind if I put 30 minutes on your calendar tomorrow? All of a sudden that feels way more formulaic than it actually is, or, you know, potentially more risky than it needs to be.
0: Mm, Um, mm. So those are
1: a couple key things that I see get in the way from people, um, or I should say, get in the way of people giving that really effective feedback. I think one other that just has to be named is I don't believe that relationships are inherently harder to build remotely, but they do take more time. And we know from like the mere exposure effect that if I was in an office and I saw you every day, right. chances are I'm going to start to feel more comfortable with you. But if I'm seeing you twice a week over Zoom, that's probably a different story. And so I think the the psychological safety is less. The relationship is right. a little bit more informal or you know infrequent. And so I think it's important for people to prioritize the relationship first, um, Mm -hmm. before day one, we launch into feedback with someone we've never met before. (laughs) (laughs) Those are things that can get in the way with it, particularly for, for the remote teams.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That makes sense. And and a lot of it, I think comes down to the frequency, right? You want to make sure that you're not just sharing feedback or, you know, putting some time on the calendar when you want to have a difficult conversation. You know, when we, when people think feedback, they're like, oh, it's negative. But of course that's not the case.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, we talk about that often, like the importance of the balance of feedback. So it's not always this negatively primed associated <laughs> word, but it's like, Ooh, who knows? I might be told I'm amazing. You know, yeah. which a lot of folks would like to hear.
0: <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Those are all the big questions that I had. Um, one last kind of a fun question for you. Yeah. Any fun plans for Q4?
1: Any fun plans for Q4? Man, keep the ship floating. <laughs> I would say for us, um, we've grown so much over the, the last six months and this is, will be a little bit of a, a quarter to kind of like iron out some of the, the logistical things. So, yeah. um, right now I'm working on like performance calibration, which to some people probably sounds awful, but to me is like a very fun <laughs> problem to solve. So, uh, that's on tap. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully a little bit of rest time too around the holidays.
0: Absolutely. Awesome. Where can the audience find you, your thought leadership, Life Labs thought leadership?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So you can find us lifelabslearning.com. Uh, you'll find a bunch of great resources there about what we offer. Um, we also have a blog. Uh, you can check out both myself and Life Labs on LinkedIn and would love to continue the conversation either there or in the future somewhere.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was awesome and you made it really easy for us. Um, And everyone, thank you for listening to Working With People. Feel feel free to check out other episodes on pavestep.com podcast. Thank you so much.
1: Awesome. Thank you.